Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And anyone who's out there who wants to reach out to us, has questions for me or the entrepreneurs on this podcast or the Centurion Leadership Battalion Podcast, you can either DM me on Instagram directly uh, on my personal account or on the Justin the Food Entrepreneur's account. I will answer either way. That's the easiest way to get me and the fastest response. So... With that being said, I had back with us Josh House of this time, All Hail the Biscuit, in Milford, Ohio. And if anyone wants to go back and listen, it's been probably almost three years since we've talked, if not more, um, about uh, pickles and bones uh, and barbecue. So how are you doing today, Josh? I'm good, Justin. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe it's been uh, it's been so long. The last couple of years i don't know about you but the last couple of years have kind of been a blur so if you told me that it was 10 years ago that we talked i'd probably believe you but i believe yeah. it. i think it was probably three about three years ago was the last time yeah and it, it's just one of those crazy things i feel i it's and i'll say this on the podcast and this is one of the things why i start picking up the podcast and going hardcore again in the as i've transitioned life because like you said the two years between the last time I talked to you or three years, whatever it's been, I don't remember actually, I should have probably looked. Um, it's been a whirlwind for my career, for my life, being an entrepreneur, rethinking, going out on my own uh, now, uh, really getting people. a lot of people saying you need to do the podcast, that's a calling in your life. So I appreciate all the people pushing it and pushing the positivity and the difference I made in people's lives, like the entrepreneurs that have reached out to me from the podcast that have said I've made a difference in their life, that they grew just by being on it. You know, because I think a lot of people come on it thinking their business is going to grow. Um, well, what really happens is the business grows if you actually grow from being on the podcast. And that's what we're finding is it takes time. And in Josh's case, I think we basically were discussing this concept of all hail the biscuit as a pop-up kind of thing, and you were just running it on weekends with lines going out the wazoo out of pickles and bones. So that's where we left off. But just since it's been so long, let's start from the beginning again and give everyone a brief you know, story of where you came from, chef, your life, your family, and then we'll get into how you went from pickles and bones barbecue into all hail the biscuit. Well, my name is Josh House, and my wife, Nicole, and uh, Pickles and Bones Barbecue and All Hail the Biscuit here in Milford, Ohio. We're about 25, 25 minutes east of Cincinnati, uh, so suburb of Cincinnati. Uh, we started Pickles and Bones back in 2015 out of an 8x12 food trailer. Uh, we ran on just Sundays only, a concept, and you'll kind of see that as a recurring theme here. Uh, but just to test the concept and see if it was something that we thought we could make a full-time uh, full-time go out of. And then May 2016, uh, we launched full-time out of that same 8x12 trailer. Um, I had just become – or just just uh, quit uh, my job as executive chef of the Golden Lamb um, in Lebanon, Ohio here. And, you know – there's there's something to be said i think as an entrepreneur about burning the boats to take the island yes um, yes we, i love it we had we had no backup plan it was we're gonna go in this eight by 12 trailer and we're gonna make it work uh it was nicole and i we had three small children at home i think a logical person would probably say that's probably not the best time to launch a, a business but it's kind of like having kids there is no perfect time and the the big thing I think that prevents people and uh, it, it too was just starting, like just get out there and start and do it and and get your idea out there to the world and see if people like it, see if you like it too, not just not just the the consumer. Um, so we started that in 2016 out of a little trailer and we started with one trailer, then we bought a second one to use as a prep kitchen, and we just kind of slowly built from there and I. And the one thing I'm really happy that we did and we've kind of continued to do is is we grew when we could. We didn't bite off more than we could chew. Uh, we didn't we didn't borrow against above above and beyond what our means were. You know, we did what we could do with what we had. 
uh, borrowed here a little bit here and there. And then the end of 2017, actually, um, right after Thanksgiving 2017, we went from inside the food trailer to a brick and mortar uh, location for pickles and bones, which is uh, carry out and uh, catering only. We have no dine in, uh, which I am ecstatic about. Uh, I love not having, <laughs> I love, in fact, love ha not having dine in there. And it was probably one of, one of, if not our biggest saving graces during COVID was that we never had to shut down. We actually got busier than we ever had and we closed for zero days. So uh, we were lucky enough to be in that position where we were kind of set up to do, to do uh, carry out only. And we were an established, established business in the community where we put, you know, we put being part of our community as, as, as one of kind of the pillars of what we do. So, you know, we had always been there for our community and in turn, the community was there for us during that time period. Um, so we ran for, you know, a couple of years in, uh, from 2017 through, uh, 2019 kind of status quo. And then, um, the beginning of 2019, I did a, uh, a leadership course uh, through Babson College in Goldman Sachs, 10,000 called 10,000 Small Businesses. And uh, you were paired with other CEOs from different companies around the country. And it really pushed me beyond what I kind of thought I was capable of. I always knew that I had a good sense of being a, a good cook. And I thought I was a decent business person, but I would really, during that time period, like our little CEO group really pushed each other to do more. And they really pushed for us to like, Hey, you guys should do, we were talking about the biscuit concept, all have a biscuit and like, you should do a pop-up, you should do a pop-up. And so early, early 2019, uh, we, between my two sessions of going to Babson, we did a first pop-up at pickles and bones on a Sunday when we're normally closed. And, uh, to say that the first one was a shit show would be an absolute understatement. We created a, you know, we created a Facebook event. We're like, ah, 40 people said they're going to show up. Ah, whatever. We'll see what happens. We go to open up the door. There's like a line of 25 people deep already. We had like 20 biscuits made to start. Not, not realizing that people are going to come in and order. First person comes in, orders 10 biscuits themselves. So it was kind of a nightmare, but, it gave us um, some confidence to continue developing the concept. Uh, we could see that it had some legs. It was something that people in the area were interested in. So uh, through that, through the rest of 2019, I believe we did three more. Yeah, we did three more pop-ups that during 2019, and we got a little bit better each time, which was, which was very, that's what I think you always want to see. You want to see a little improvement here and there. Yeah. And, you know, we, we quite honestly, we had had plans to just kind of continue the pop-ups in 2020. And as this was going on, we had started to look around Cincinnati, around the suburbs for another restaurant space. And there were places that we, there was one place particular that we had really, like, we really thought was like, it was the spot. We were right there. And then another place in Milford came available also. And we're like, like yeah, either one of the we could go either way, and we had a, actually had a meeting scheduled on, I guess it was March seventeenth, the day of twenty twenty, the day that kind of everything shut down yeah. across the country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the exact. We had, a, we had yeah. a meeting scheduled that day. I'm not kidding. To meet with our broker to decide which space we were going to go with, and you know the day before that we're like let's let's just pump the brakes on this. Let's let's wait a month all this is going to blow over and then, and we'll be, we'll get right back to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we, we all know, we all kind of know what happened after that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we kept e even during that time period where, you know, everything was kind of, nobody really knew what was going on. We knew that we wanted to keep working on the concept and we wanted to find a space because we felt like it had legs. It was something that people, in our community really wanted and we looked and looked and finally uh it was around september of around september of 2020 uh we walked into a space about a mile and a half from pickles and bones it was an old 
It was actually an old oil change building, uh, like an old Jiffy Lube that had been turned into. <laughs> That's ch- awesome. Yeah, like it had been turned into like a check cashing space. Oh and, yeah, like the cash uh, cash advance yeah, place. Yeah. Cool. And uh, we walked in there, and it was the first time that both kind of looked at each other and we're like, this is the spot. It has to be here. It has to be here. This is like smack in the middle of our community. And it was going to be a much bigger undertaking than the other spaces. Cause the other two spaces we were interested in had commercial kitchens in them. This had nothing. So this was going to be a full remodel, a full kitchen build out. Uh, it was also an opportunity for us to purchase the real estate, which I think, is a huge thing for anyone. Yes. Yeah. And I think as, as we, I, I think that's part of the business stuff that, um, yeah, I never really thought that we would get to the point where yeah, let, and we I would be pa- able to do it. Yeah. And I want to pause there for a second because many people yeah. don't realize this, especially in America, like the, the way to wealth and entrepreneurs make money it's usually not off the initial money they make off their businesses. It's when they reinvest that initial money into real estate, for example, or into another business that they know is going to be viable. But real estate always is something you want to anchor in because even if he doesn't end up having all hail the biscuit there in the long run needs to go somewhere else, Josh can sublease the building or lease it. Sorry, he's the owner. Lease the building. And so... You know, go on, Josh. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think it's no. something hugely important from an entrepreneurial standpoint that everyone thinks that, oh, you're a genius in your business. No, what happens as an entrepreneur is you stack ideas over a long yeah. period of time, and those ideas are stacked, and you don't want to look behind you because there's a freaking garbage dump worth of failures. But the reason, but what happens is you start to stack up those things in the real estate, another business, oh, let's own it. But anyway, go on. I love this. No, and I, I also think it. I also think it gives you. When when you own the real estate, it also gives you the the freedom, to for your idea to fail, or to take a bigger risk because you've got the real estate to fall back on. So let's say all hail the biscuit fails. You know we're we opened in February of this year, so we're a little bit over ten months ten months old. It, it's possible that we could fail, but we've got the we have the peace of mind that we own the real estate and maybe we come back in with another concept. Well, and and here's the cool thing about this is when you suddenly have the confidence because you have the real estate, (coughs) you can blaze better trails. You can take more risks. You can actually attract more people to you and actually grow your business more because by taking the risks and being more aggressive and stuff like that, people are more attracted to your business, especially in food. I love this. So go on. Well, yeah, and I also think, kind of piggybacking on that, I think I think that this is part of the issue that we've we've ended up with, like this homogenized food service industry, is because people end up in these shitty leases yeah. where they're paying so much money, and they everyone kind of has to fall in line and do the same thing as everyone else because it's so risky to go out and do anything else. It's so risky, and I, I don't think it's food service alone i think it's you can look at like the movies or anything else it's like everything is the same version of itself it's the the cheeseburger place is the same thing as the fried chicken place and i think it's it's led to this like weird homogenized thing but it all leads back to a lot of operators that that don't own the real estate and you're paying a lease that's a crazy amount of money and you have to be successful Um, so i think that it gives us a little bit of peace of mind to know that like Hey, let's say that this concept doesn't work. Um, that's not to me. That's not a failure. If it if the concept fails, it's not a failure. It's we just need to do something else. But we have we have the real estate to fall back on. And at the end of the day, we're paying ourselves rent every month, uh, which is it's nice. It's you know it's basically money is going from the left pocket to the right pocket. Yeah. And I never thought that we. I, I think it's maybe it's I don't know if it's a lack of intelligence or just. I didn't quite have a good enough understanding, but I never thought we'd be at a spot where we would be able to purchase the real estate. Now I know moving forward that 
we are not interested in doing anything else unless we can purchase the real estate. Yeah, exactly. And I love this because it's hugely important. What's make McDonald's McDonald's and actually Marriott Hotels Marriott Hotels. So it's very, very important for your growth as a human to own the real estate your business is on. I mean, as a human, as an entrepreneur, um, to own that real estate. Um, and I've learned that lesson too many times myself. And that's why, you know, real estate is a huge part part of where how I move forward in my life. So I want to talk about this real quick. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, Josh, is I think you have such a good energy. And one of the things that I do is like, I don't know if I've talked about it before on this podcast, probably maybe on this intro and leadership battalion podcast, but I like will drop to at least, I drop to one knee if I'm like somewhere publicly but if it's like at home about to go to bed or first thing in the morning i'm on two knees like over the bed folded hands but i pray a lot for other people because i pray a lot for other people because i don't i don't feel comfortable asking for things for myself it's just one of those things unless it's really something i want or i know that will do the world good and it's never about money that's for sure so one of the things i want to say is like you're someone that like some might think I'm crazy because I'm literally like probably on my knees. I like literally like Santa's, you know, is he naughty or nice list because I pray for so long for so many people here now and gone. And um, it's one one of the people and one of the families I've always prayed for is you guys because I feel like you're we're, you're finding your way and you are going to make such a great impact in the entrepreneurial world. So it's always like. You know, I was like, okay, as I do this again, I definitely want to have Josh back on because he built All Hail the Biscuit. Now to hear that you bought the real estate and then built All Hail the Biscuit upon the real estate, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, it's uh, oh, well, first off, I, I appreciate it. Thank you because that's uh, um, I also whenever I'm also I'm, I'm never going to ask for you know for something for myself. But, um, so thank you for that. But yeah, it's. And I kind of think about that. Um, I was thinking about like today before we got on this call, like people talk about success. And I was talking to one of our managers the other day about success and she kind of brought it up and, and I had thought about it, but I never, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I think success is relative to every, to every person. It's different for everyone. But for me this year within our two businesses, we've had three people uh, that were able to, you know, they bought homes for themselves and their family and closed on homes. And another person who, you know, upgraded their, their living situation to another new place, another person's getting a new apartment. And I am, I am extremely hard on myself and, and quite frankly, think I, fail many more times than I succeed, but the greatest, but the greatest satisfaction I I think I've got in the last year or two years was thinking about that, about how you're able to work with people that are able to change their lives or their situation. And, and if we're, if we're not able to provide a job, a, a job for them, then, then, Maybe they're not able to do that. Obviously, it's their hard work that gets them, yeah. get them that. But, but the amount of like the amount of pride that I got or get from that, I think is like it's taken me a long time to kind of figure out how to articulate like what success means to me personally. But yeah. that, that right there, I think is like I had kind of an aha moment today with like just thinking about that. Well, one of my mistakes in life for sure was I didn't train it into my staff and management early on about how important it is to have a dream big enough that everyone else's dream fits into it, even as a manager, because you've got to build that. Okay. It took me too long before someone instilled that in me or the right mentor or however I looked at, or I was ready to hear it. Maybe that's one. And I love that, that you said that the other one is this. Um, and I will say that, especially because over the last four years has been one of the biggest fights of my life. We grew huge, huge locations, but then on the same time I had a fight more on ethical fronts because of that growth, who I was doing business with, what countries I was doing business with. So a lot of things came into play, 
But I will tell you this, Josh. I, I this is, and I've been doing this for now almost tw- over 24 years, and I've been an entrepreneur since I can remember mowing lawns from the moment I was born to be an entrepreneur. Like I felt it in me. I knew that this was my calling to grow and pollinate the world, so it would be better off long after I'm gone. It's just I knew it. I can't figure out how everyone else doesn't know that that's their purpose for some reason. I have trouble with that, but it definitely has been mine always. And that being said is it's just so cool what you're doing and it's so important for the entrepreneurs to realize that if you actually pollinate the people and you grow them around them you your businesses grow and we did that for a long time in the companies I was with okay and ultimately you know if you do the right things and you instill this behavior in your employees from the very beginning like Josh is doing our team members which they should be called teammates um, or labeled, whatever we're calling it, uh, for hierarchy purposes in the business. But it's it's so fundamentally important that if you don't do it, you'll get into the third decade. Literally, you'll start passing on, and you'll have people that have been there a long time, and they get very entitled. And all of a sudden, the importance of everyone else's dream doesn't become as important as I've been here so long. What about me? I deserve more. And that's what happens. And so when you actually take a step back, pick your head up and understand that the success is actually everyone else's putting their kids through college, building houses, new apartments. Oh, you were an inspiration to me in positivity. I quit drinking because I had a drinking problem or I quit smoking, whatever it is as an entrepreneur, that is our gift also. That's how we actually make money and no one realizes this. We, if we truly think about the things that make us successful, it's actually when we truly serve the individuals. We yep. truly serve the clients. We truly are true to our heart. And when we grow, we do it with the intent of attracting that to us. You know, And that's sort of what you're doing. You built it right in the middle of the community. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been trying ahead. to explain also no, just to like explaining like to our team or to our like our leadership uh, to help them understand so you know like for us to grow like you know if we want to continue to grow um, I think it, it's important I think to make your team understand that I try to instill is like we're growing for you we're not growing for us yeah we could we could stop at least from a financial standpoint, we could stop at <clears throat> restaurants and just be, and be fine. Yeah. And we could focus all our energy on that. Now I would, we would get bored. We would want to do something else. We would want to do more, but from a financial standpoint, our growth is, our growth is, is intentional for the sense that we know that we have to create additional opportunities for our team members for our leadership team and for people that are coming up to, to have the opportunity to see a path forward to, to find themselves in a leadership position later. Yeah. And comfortability is your enemy. I've learned that really the hard way, especially as you go with decades into business, the more comfortable people get, the worse your business is going to do. And in, in the I'm most comfortable <laughs> times are the, the times you've got to push them. You know, so mental toughness becomes a huge part of your business over the long run. And growing adds to that mental toughness because you're forcing people into new challenges. And so let's talk about All Hail the Biscuit itself, because how did you get from, I mean, how do you get from a barbecue concept, which does very well, to a biscuit concept? Like, are there similarities there? Um, what's the menu look like compared to both of them? Let's talk about both menus real quick and just compare yeah. them just because I want to highlight both because it's important what, where you've come from and, and where you are also. So let's talk about that. Sure. So, so all hail the biscuit was kind of the idea came about, um, my, my father-in-law, uh, was from, from West Virginia, grew up in the hills of West Virginia and, uh, typically in the weekends for in the Coles house, he would make uh, kind of what he would call like a big hillbilly breakfast of biscuits and gravy and, and bacon and eggs and sausage and fried potatoes and fried apples. And it was really all based on that. And then, so we started with the biscuit because it's, 
you know, it, it's kind of a, we believe in, in making very humble food, but doing it extremely well. So there's nothing more humble than a biscuit, but there's a lot of, we also believe in using very, very good technique and very, very good ingredients when we make stuff. So there's a lot of bad biscuits out there that are made due to yeah. bad, bad technique, bad, cheap ingredients. And we kind of set out with the purpose of like, well, we're going to start with the best biscuit we can possibly make. And anytime we do something like this, uh, our idea is always, we want to make stuff that's, that's category killers. Like we want to make the best biscuit that's out there. We want to make the best brisket, the best brisket that's out there. So it's the same principle across the board. And we both have backgrounds in fine dining, Nicole and I do. So we understand the importance of the attention to detail. So I think what separates kind of what we do uh, from other people is we we use that same level of detail down to, you know, whether it's making biscuits or making sausage gravy or what kind of cheese we source and use, what kind of brisket we use. We All of that stuff matters. And I think a lot of times when you end up in a situation where if you start with a mediocre product or you start with mediocre technique, you can't make great food no matter what you do. Same thing as if you start with mediocre people on your team, you're never going to create something special. So we really look at all of that stuff when we're trying to come up with an idea. Um, all Hail the Biscuit started with the Humble Biscuit and started with the pop-up. And the menu has, hasn't changed a lot since the pop-up, So uh, quite honestly. So we have a, a handful of, of biscuit sandwiches. We've got uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, uh, sausage, egg, and pimento, a fried chicken biscuit, um, a couple. Now, we also have like our signature dish is the Arlen Walker. That's named after Nicole's dad, who <laughs> yeah. unfor- unfortunately passed away a couple months before the restaurant was able to open. Oh, that's so, sad. But the, but the Arlen Walker is, it's, um, it's two eggs, uh, fried potatoes, Choice uh, comes with bacon and sausage, and biscuits and gravy, jelly, uh, jam and butter, and we make ninety nine percent of the stuff in house for both places. So, besides our breakfast sausage and our hot link sausages, so breakfast sausage for all hail the biscuit, and hot link sausages, which are um, like a spicy like Lockhart inspired sausage, um, smoked sausage for pickles and bones. Those come from Avril Blay, which is a 125-year-old butcher in downtown Cincinnati. Uh, other than that, we make everything else in-house. So we make our own bacon. So you're creating uh, we, jobs like crazy because you're doing it all from scratch. You're, you're putting yep. it in there. You're, you're employing more people. I love this. Keep going. Yeah, so, we, so Pickles and Bones makes – so like Pickles and Bones makes the bacon. We cure and smoke bacon over there. We make pimento cheese over there for – all hail the biscuit, all hail the biscuit. We make all the bread, all the buns, anything we use for the special sandwiches at pickles and bones. So we're you, we're you, we're utilizing each other to, to make, to make as much stuff as we possibly can. And it it helps with beyond just like, uh, making a better quality product and, and, um, keeping it all in house and vertically integrating kind of everything that we do. Is it, it keeps both of the restaurants uh, kind of within an arm's reach of each other. So our teams at both places know each other. They're and comfortable with each culture. other. Yeah. Yeah. We bounce, we bounce back and forth. And when we started all Hill the biscuit, we actually brought on. So our GM, AJ, AJ day at all Hill the biscuit started at pickles and bones. Um, we brought on two other team members. Actually, we brought on three other people, that were at Pickles and Bones for almost four months before we came, before they any of them came to All Hail the Biscuit because we wanted to make sure that we carried the culture that we had created at Pickles and Bones over to the new restaurant. I, I We knew that we would not be able to start just from ground zero and carry, carry that same culture that we had. Like we have a very, very, we have very high standards for our team but well, we have a very, very good reputation in our community and, and around here for providing exceptional, exceptional customer service, even though we were just a carryout 
restaurant at Pickles and Bones, we would get constantly give feedback on like, wow, you know, I just stopped in to pick up a sandwich, but everyone's smiling, everyone cares. Yeah. And it's, it's the, like the give a shit factor that yeah. you, can't, you can't teach people that it's, yeah. it's part of, it's part of finding, being lucky enough to find the right people. Um, and I don't even, I say lucky, but that's not the right, that's a bad, that's a bad term. People say that all the time, but, but we're not lucky. We, I think we attract yeah. the, the right people to us and we don't, we take a long time to hire people. Unless you're we, pollinating, yeah, I, be the flower, not yep, the bee. Yep. Yeah. We're very slow to hire people. We, we have a process, um, no different than we have a process for filling out a prep sheet. We have a process for, for putting someone through the interview process and we don't skip steps. We, you know, we, we do an interview, we do a working interview, we call all of your references. A lot of people don't want to go through all that stuff. And, and I, and I know if you're not willing to go through that, then we're, you're not going to be a good fit for our team. You're going to be, you're going to be the person that, that says that's not my job when you have to hump into it, hop into an uncomfortable or difficult situation. So I think I got off kind of off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. No, absolutely. Just, Keep going. But it's we, important. but it, it was important for us when we make the investment ahead of time and all the other biscuit to bring people on to ensure that the culture would go over. I, we knew that we would be able to make good food. We knew we would be able to figure out the technical aspects of service, but having the right people goes above and beyond all of that by, by, by far. There's lots of places out there that have good food that none of us will go back to because the service is terrible and the people that are there could care less that you're there and they don't appreciate in, a, in the market that we're all in where there's a thousand different options. Yeah. There, there are too many places that don't appreciate appreciate your business and we want to make sure that, that that never happens to us. So I think I'm really glad that we spent the time and, and took the time to do that because I think it was really detrimental to our success to this point at all hell the biscuit. I think one of the important things about it is the ability to share the culture and preserve the culture. Okay. I think that's yep. so important. The other thing is I am totally pumped for you guys, Josh. What you guys are doing and the foresight to share the resources between the locations, still stick to from scratch, still create jobs. That's doing the right thing. Like this is the business that entrepreneurs are in, guys. That's why we do this podcast. I'm trying to get through everyone is what the entrepreneur does is builds a dream for himself that's so big, his American dream in the United States that everyone else's American dream can fit in it. Right. Shall they choose to walk through the door? And if they don't walk through the door, that's their choice, not the entrepreneur's. And yeah. so it's really cool what you've done there. Um, what are next steps? I mean, you've talked about, you know, owning real estate or um, if you did another concept, are you playing around with other pop-up ideas? Is Or is like now that you're only 10 months old with All Hail the Biscuits, you're just trying to handle all that business that's coming in the door? It, it's kind of, I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a fine line. Cause I think you, you don't want to take your eye off the, off the ball, but at the same time, we're trying to, again, look at strategic growth that the best interest of everybody. So there, there's stuff that we're looking at that we, that we want to do. Um, obviously all here, the biscuit still has, you know, it has a lot of growing to do and, Pickles and Bones is in a location where where we 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 lease the space that we're in right now. So uh, we would love to get Pickles and Bones into its own building. Uh, what I'm scared about of that is uh, we like the location that we're in there in the sense that that for for the community we like the location. Um, I, I don't think it's a great location. I think if we would have started in there without people knowing who we were. I think we would have failed because it's not in a great, a great yeah. site, but it's people know where we're at. Uh, I, 
the challenge is, is I, we would not want to move it far from where it's at because I just think it loses something. I also think a barbecue place needs to be in, I think putting a barbecue place in a brand new building to me is something that's scary also, because I think it loses part of that aura, part of that, uh, part of what's special about pickles and bones is it smells like barbecue when you walk in there. Yeah. You can't walk in, you can't walk in there for one second without all of your clothes smelling like barbecue <laughs> yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. And I, I think that part of that, part of that's special. Uh, so I, I'm not sure exactly what we'll that's do. Part of the I experience. mean, where pickles and yeah, yeah pickles. Pickles and Bones isn't going anywhere. Uh, I would like to find another building for it, but if something comes up that, that's close that we can make work, I think that would be that would be the that would be the move for that. All Hail the Biscuit uh, is you know it's still a baby in restaurant, eight ten months old uh, or eight eight months old. We haven't even been through a holiday season yet, so it's really hard to kind of gauge it's challenging in the sense of operations of just looking at pickles and bones. We've got three years of data to look at. So each week is we can kind of look back at last year and then with all have a biscuit, you, you're looking at, you have no, no, no track record to go off of. So it makes it a little bit more challenging, but it's also kind of a fun challenge to, to look at and just kind of teach like, you know, we kind of have to be prepared, kind of be prepared for everything. Um, so I think, all Hail the Biscuit definitely has the potential to to be a concept that could scale. I just, we've talked about that in the past, uh, if it were something that we want to scale. And there's part of us that, that thinks that would be exciting. And there's also part of us that thinks that there's something special about stuff that's just a one-off concept. Yeah, It's just, it's a one-of-one because... I firmly believe that you can't scale. It, it's not the second location is not going to be the same as the first location, no matter how hard you want to do it. It's just not, especially in that. I think it's different when you're looking at a Chick Fil A or a McDonald's or whatever. I think that's a little bit well, different. But when it you're definitely talking doesn't about have small, all the same blood, sweat, and tears dripping down no, the walls. So no, it it it, it doesn't. So I. I I don't know that we'll ever. I don't know that we'll ever scale it. I think it's possible that that we'll just stick with the with the one-off location because we like the idea of doing stuff that's a one-off, and then just continue to kind of evaluate the opportunities that are out there and see if there's new ideas. And then the next thing is looking internally at our team is what do they want to do? You know, we we kind of we we ask those questions and pose those questions too as like. What's your What's your dream concept? What do you really want to do? Yeah. Um, have you always wanted to do this? And we try to stress also, like it doesn't have to be a restaurant. You know, do you want to have? You know, do you want to open up a barber shop? Like, okay, cool. Like, bar, a barber shop is is a service that provides you know guest guest uh, customer service is very very important in that too. Like the same principles that we apply within our businesses can apply into that. Like if that's what you're passionate about, um, how do we help people? How do we help people achieve their dream too? not just fulfill ours? Yeah, it's a good question, you know, and it's a question I think everyone, it should be asked every day. Like, it's like one of those things you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, like how do I do this every day? And I think, yeah, like how do I serve everyone every day and be a servant leader? And, um, and not do it in a way that I get trampled, right? And do it in a way yeah. that I'm actually serving, you know? Um, and so I like this a lot, and I, I like this going. And one of the things I admire about your you guys in particular, Josh, is um, the family unit and your relationship and the way you were able to work together in a business and build multiple concepts and sort of have the same visionary thread of being able to move forward, you know, and this is the way we're going to sew this. We don't know what it's going to look like. And the reason the real estate happened, even though you didn't expect it to happen is because you guys had the vision together, right? That we're going to do this. And this may be somewhere we're going to go. I don't know when, but it's a possibility, right? All of a sudden yeah. it became an idea. And that's what yeah. is so important in entrepreneurism right now. And I'm going to go on a tangent just for a second because you hit something that I think is so important is 
it's so important that we inspire creativity and dreaming big. And if entrepreneurs don't do it, it doesn't happen in schools the same way anymore. We don't encourage that creativity, that, that ability to fail or lose really, really, really badly to try to have the drive to win. And with that being said, we, we need entrepreneurism because it, it teaches us these lessons now. And anyone who's out there with kids, like the only way that we're going to get these lessons is you find the entrepreneurs in your neighborhoods. I don't care if they're the guy, the paint business or whatever, a true entrepreneur that's trying to grow beyond his boundaries, constantly trying to break his own chains, is that you that your child will become a self-sustaining human being, self-sufficient. He will figure out where to jump to next no matter what, okay? And I think about this because as my life's transition, I literally think I had about I think I was off my game if I include driving back from Georgia like 28 hours, 24 hours of driving, and then I was home for four hours before I was like, okay, what is the path that I need to take right now that can make me some money, that can serve everyone around me, that can also serve the food industry, and I can do it as fast as possible. I'm not going to tell everyone right now that would give something away that I'm going to do later and something you guys can listen to on the Centurion Leadership Battalion. But when I did that... Okay, when I took those things, when I didn't stop, I didn't let something bad happen to me stop my positive momentum as a human and who I am and also realize that I need to break chains all the time. Even when people bring negativity on me, sometimes they're positive humans in their life and they can chain you with negativity of their own fears unintentionally. So once I started doing that stuff, my, my world opened up in a whole, whole different way. And I think in this case for the entrepreneur, you want to do that for other people. You want to give kids the skills to be able to bounce like I just talked about. Like, you know, I just talked about on a different podcast, I think, which is, you know, year of, you know, second first. Like, as an entrepreneur, you realize that your biggest skill, you're never out of date. You will never go out of date as long as you realize you always have to grow and technology grows faster than you. And ideas grow faster you. And the youth, whether you like it or not, they're always the future of ideas. Okay? So you have to pay attention. Whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether it's technology, it's just the way it is. And your kids, like, I almost think it's a gift as an entrepreneur. As you have children, it's like a gift for you to find a second first, which is when your kids come up and you're learning from them what's popular and as an entrepreneur like oh i need to capture some of this well what's this you know for me what's crossfit because that happened in my life and you know what did the things that my step kids had interest in before when that was part of my life you know and so you know life transitions but i will tell you that the important part of what i learned there is always be investing in new things and investing in the people around you because you never know what opportunity it's going to bring you, especially as an entrepreneur. So I love that, the encouraging the creativity. So thanks for that, Josh. Um, gosh, I don't even know what else to ask you because it's, it's almost like I've known you for so long, like we grew up together yeah. or something. Yeah, and if anybody, just to, I, I kind of skipped over it because I, as funny as it is, um, about like the like the food at both places. So so pickles and bones. It's it's all wood, like old school uh, stick burners outside in, in the in the weather, no matter what. And we're in out in in Cincinnati here, where we had an inch and a half of snow on Saturday. Um, but we we just make we we focus on like old school barbecue, all wood. We don't use any propane. We don't use any gas. Uh, all the sides are made from scratch. We, I always tell people we kind of do everything the long, slow, and hard way, and and it tastes that way. And and, and all here the biscuit is no different. But I, I know I kind of glossed over the food, but I, I think it's kind of funny because I kind of feel like the food is the least important thing that we do because if we didn't make good food, I know we wouldn't be in business. So I, I tend to like not – I focus on it because we spend a lot of time talking about the food and eating it every day and trying it, but – I just know like from my point of view, what I do is the food's not the most important thing for me. It's 
you know, evaluating these opportunities and continuing to grow the people that we have and making sure that we are a great place to work. That's the most important thing. So I've got, we're lucky enough to have great people at both, both places that uh, obviously I'm still, I'm at Auto the Biscuit every morning um, doing prep and usually work the line on Saturdays to help out. And I go over to Pickles and Bones and help out over there. But we're lucky enough to have these people uh, who have such a great attention to detail and such a high level commitment to allow us to continue to look for opportunities to grow. Uh, but I do think, I do think as it is that like the food's kind of the, the food has kind of become the small part of like what I do anymore. Um, as much as I love it and enjoy it, I'm not self-proclaimed. Like I'm not the creative one. I'm not the, like Nicole is much better, much more so adapted, like coming up with, recipes or menu ideas or the color of the wall or the design of this i'm more of like i'm more of an operations person and i'm more of like i'm more of like the people person kind of the hr uh developing people so yeah i'm i'm much the same way i i take on like the greater role i'm more of a i'm a huge visionary like i can see trends coming way before they happen like the delivery trend it's weird because I go back and listen to the podcast and we talk a lot about this delivery trend that's going to come and we don't know why. Even you and I in your original podcast about the delivery-owned business yep. and even before that, about two to three years, maybe even four years before that, when we when I was in the restaurant building and equipment business, um, I think we got rid of that in 2018, yeah, about 2018 – when we were in that business, it just felt like it was coming because like, even though our kitchens are getting bigger in American homes, we're actually cooking less and grab and go and being able to eat, get that still like we cooked at home feeling where we're a family unit and we eat all together, but pick up food because this is very true guys. And I'm going to say this, we need to, we need to appreciate food. We need to cook it and understand it. And we need to appreciate the quality and what from scratch means and where it comes from. Is it local and all of that stuff? It's hugely important. But what's also important is that when we do this, we still hold together that we do dinner together as a family or you do, you know, you keep these core values. So the way to do that is grab and go. Cause as a family and if you have two or more children, like you have soccer practices and you're running a business as an entrepreneur and you're like, so even as entrepreneurs, I find myself more and more, you know, it's how I discovered Gambino's, the spaghetti place. I didn't want to cook, but I wanted spaghetti and I was uh, needing to get food for everyone. So I was like, okay, like, let's do this. You know, I was looking around. And so that's what I did, which brings me to this point. And that is like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on on this podcast that these entrepreneurs are doing or we're talking about like we unintentionally stumble on that people can grab as resources like the ghost kitchen and the virtual dining concepts and the um cloud kitchens all that stuff as we were talking about i don't know four years ago that have now blossomed so it's important it's not that entrepreneurs necessarily are like oh my gosh i'm going to get into ghost kitchen now it's the ones who did really well are listening to these trends as we do this podcast because that's how i discover on myself like i knew it was a solution for me as i transitioned in my life to go into the cloud kitchens or virtual uh kitchens or whatever you want to call it uh, ghost kitchens which do other people's concepts behind the scenes you know such as beast burger for example anyone who knows who he is and so there's a lot of things there and for me and the delivery business also, that's a huge pivot in where I'm going in my life. Because one, like the way food is being done is going to change. Like the way the grocery stores are going to be done is going to change. The amount of diversity in our food and the amount of animals we are going to eat. I keep telling everyone it's going to increase just out of necessity. Because we, the best way to have more food when it comes to animal proteins, because we're never going to stop eating them, is to rotate lots of them on the same property. Where you j- used to do 100 cows, now do 100 cows rotated with 400 chickens and 200 turkeys and 100 
uh, pigs and 50 buffalo and so on and so forth. Although I don't know if you can mix cows and buffalo because of diseases. So you'd have to rotate them separately, but still rotate them. And um, maybe. And um, things like that. So, or diversify. You know, we've heard about alligators eating the chickens on farms way back in the day on this podcast, I believe. So all of that stuff matters. And what Josh is doing and what these things Josh is saying, they're very, very important in the future. And for anyone who's in business now, what he did four or five years ago is what you want to do now, regardless of what happened with COVID. Because what happened to Josh and his vision and what his entrepreneurial journey forced him to do by not taking on too much money, not borrowing a lot of money, not doing whatever, is it allowed him to grow in the right way and because that growth and because he's a good person and he has good energy and he wants to grow the people around him and fulfill their dreams as well because he knows the only way to fulfill his dreams is to fulfill theirs is the good things happen to him and then there's quote-unquote success although most likely josh is the type of person i'm guessing that success is relative in that it's a lifelong pursuit so there's that oh yeah so Josh, um, we've been on for a good time. I, gosh, I, we didn't talk a lot about food, but part of the reason I love having you on here for all the entrepreneurs out there is you need, we talked about it before, you need to work on your business as well as in your business. So um, as we start to wrap things up, is there anything you want to share with everyone? Any lessons that you've learned or anything, you know, we always do this, but I think life has changed quite a bit over the last four years. So... No, I think um, I think the biggest thing for me is just in the last couple of years, I think, was just look at all the options that are available for you. Um, I think that like when we when we went to, for instance, just a, a thing we talked about previously, you know, when we were looking for a space to lease, I kind of thought that was the only option that was available for us or when you're talking about, you know, ghost kitchens or cloud kitchens or anything like that, I think just have an open mind um, within your business to see what other opportunities are available for you to expand in the, in the sense that you're creating opportunity for yourself, for your team, but also where you're not, it doesn't have to be the new multi-million dollar build out. It doesn't have to be the brand new, first floor retail with residential above it. You know, is there an opportunity within your own brand to um, be a co-packer for somebody? Is there an opportunity to, to be a host kitchen for, for a ghost concept? Like what other opportunities are there? Because I think we, a lot of times we get so far out, we have a tendency to get a little too far out over our skis on like, Oh, I've got this brand new, this new idea. And it's so great. Um, I think sometimes we have to just, pump the brakes a little bit and make sure that we've explored everything within, within our four walls to make sure we, we kind of got every little bit out of it that we possibly can. You know, that's kind of what happened with pickles and bones in the sense that all hell, the biscuit was not, could not operate out of there. There, we didn't have the facility where we could have continued to do the pop-up out of there. Uh, We didn't have the, uh, we didn't have the ability to, to grow that space. If we could have grown that space, we probably would have done the concept within that. We probably would have combined them together. So we kind of, we had to go outside of the four walls. And now within All Hail the Biscuit, we're, we just launched catering. Uh, we have delivery, you know, we have carry out. So have you, have you done everything within the four walls of your business to, to really make sure you've got as much out of it as you possibly can? And I love this because it's actually, it's a potential thing to me. Um, and I've realized this after almost two and a half decades of being an entrepreneur and building multiple businesses is when individuals walk into your your business as an entrepreneur, it's your duty to unlock their potential, like to continue to grow them. I don't know why, but it innately grows your business. Okay. Yeah. And I know why, but I said, I don't know why I think 
just for the sake of saying it, because I do know why, because the humans are what make your business run. You can have good yep. food. It just tastes better when it's with good service. Trust me, when you're stimulating more than just the mouth, the food tastes better. Okay, so that being said, it's, um, I lost my train of thought, but because I'm watching the microphone here on the time, but it's, um, it's essential that we think about the potential of the humans. And if there's humans, like I can't help everyone. And as a leader, if I have a human that doesn't even believe that they're own, that they have potential themselves, or I can get them to believe they have potential, it's they're not going to be good for your business. Okay, right. especially as an entrepreneur, because innately they're completely different than you and everyone's like oh diversify yourself in the business you need people with different opinions and blah 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 justin what are you talking about no ain't wrong that's not true you want diversity and creativity you don't want diversity in potential whether a person has it or not okay and you don't want every person doesn't get a chance i'm sorry like it's just not that way and if and when you walk in a door somewhere you have to decide if this really if you want your life to go somewhere Am I going to explore my potential and how this job's going to grow me and take every opportunity to grow from it or not? That's how you grow your own potential. And if you get an entrepreneur who then can tap onto you and help you grow your own potential, like you don't need an ed formal education. You don't need all the traditional things in life. You just need someone who can teach you. In Josh's case, in their business, they have chef skills and entrepreneur skills. Probably want to go work there. That's a good flower to go be pollinated in. So it's just as entrepreneurs also, we, we want to create these positive environments. And when we don't allow enough people in, and from my own experience, like I said, when people get entitled and they get comfortable, they no longer believe in their potential. They stop being potentialized. They get comfortable. There's no more hardship. Everyone deserves it. And when that happens, you don't, unlock your potential anymore and i don't know why it's a really sad thing as a human and as entrepreneurs it's something to be very wary of because you can become too cocky and become too self um um i don't know intoxicated i guess would be a good word and thinking that the success is all because of you and forget right. that it was actually because of the people around you and so, and people around you who just want to take advantage of you will feed that bad part of you. And all humans have it. They love thinking they're the shit and they're number one and I'm the one who exists matter than anyone. But it's just not true. Okay, like, especially men, like, we, the more we know, the less we know. The more we're armed with information, the stupider we get. I'm sorry, it just happens. And it's good to know that. <laughs> Because, like, we stop growing because of that stuff, you know, sp yep. especially. And, you know, women just as nurturers, as trying to growing, they just do naturally a better job. That's just the nature of the beast. And so um, the nature of nature, in my opinion. But that's a whole other topic that we don't have to get in on this podcast. But it's um, – I love what you're doing, Josh, and what – I believe that you're ultimately doing is like you're fighting a battle for freedom and entrepreneurism and liberty and, and the pursuit of happiness. Because when we do this in America, like I said before, and build the American dream and understand that our American dream as entrepreneurs has to begin, be big enough to fit their American dream in or whatever country you want to be in. I associate with America. That's what I see as entrepreneurism. And in my opinion, we thrive here in entrepreneurism more than any other country I've been to for the most part because of that, um, because we have so much creativity and freedom and free will and understanding that failure is a lesson to learn and that life is a pursuit of excellence. So, Josh, I really, really appreciate you. Will you tell everyone how they can find you guys on social media for both locations and on um, the websites, and then, again, uh, where the addresses are at both locations. Yeah, so uh, All Hill the Biscuit is uh, at All Hill the Biscuit on uh, Instagram is the best way, and Pickles and Bones is at 
Pickles and Bones BBQ on Instagram. And Earl Hill the Biscuit, sorry, I missed the address, but is uh, located at uh, 877A Business 28, Milford, Ohio, 45150. And Pickles and Bones is located at uh, 1149 State Route 131, Milford, Ohio, 45150. And if anybody has uh, any questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me to... to uh, send us a, a, a message. Um, I, I'm available at all, all times. Uh, the um, house at allhailthebiscuit.com is the best way to, to get a hold of me um, or via DM uh, through Instagram. Uh, we're obviously part of, part of the business of being an entrepreneur is, is always answering those and always making sure that we're responding to people. So if you have any questions or if I can be of any help in any possible way or can uh, you have a specific scenario that you're thinking about going through and you want to know if anybody else who's been through the experience, like I get a great deal of satisfaction and like my personal fulfillment from trying to find ways that I can help other people within our business, within our community, within the entrepreneur community, within the food community. So please don't hesitate to, uh, to get a hold of me. Yeah. And Josh, I, I appreciate that last thing. And I, I'm 100% in line with you, which is why I think our energies align so well, why, you know, it's, you're such a, a part of my almost everyday thought. If I were to be honest, I think about it for some reason. Um, a lot of people that I share similar energies with, and it's just, it's that positivity. It's the, the knowing that you have to grow. It's the, the willing to do it and to, to know that your purpose is to grow the world around you and the people and the humans around you, you know, just innately, like, how do we not understand it? But it's like one of those things that I, I feel the same energy from you and it's pretty cool. And it's the energy that probably attracted me to your business in the first place. Um, with some of that. And I've also been attracted to some bad energies on the podcast and gotten into some situations. So there's always that because I didn't understand what I was doing when I was uncapping potential on the podcast, as well as my own potential at such a large volume, you know, and uh, now four years later, I'm a little more harnessed. I have a little more emotional intelligence, I would say for sure, which entrepreneurs like one of the things that I think that the hard knocks leads to is emotional intelligence. And no matter how great you are, life has, can humble you so quickly. So, Oh, for sure. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you everyone for listening in. Um, if you want to share it, please do. Again, you can reach us on Instagram at, uh, Justin, the food entrepreneurs. Um, and at Justin Bizarro, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And then you can also um, share it. What we're doing here matters, guys. There's anyone who's listening in, even if you're a passerby listener, you should at least pay a toll and share it with some entrepreneur you know. I mean, to listen to it, listen to your favorite restaurant, but not pass on and pass it forward. Like, that's what this podcast is about. That's why I do it for free. That's why I don't charge for it. It's about... The gifts that I've been getting, 24 years of success that I had, I'm giving it back now more than ever. Now I'm in like 5.0, Justin, in the food entrepreneurs probably, but I've refined it and I have a whole new way I'm going about it. And so it's never too late to start to be an entrepreneur. It's never too late to have a year of second first. It's never too late to do what Josh has done, which is find yourself later or, or find your concepts later or start somewhere and transition from fine dining into these concepts. But I recommend everyone goes back and listens to the parts one, two, and three of Pickles and Bones Barbecue because you can see how far Josh has come by investing in himself. Like he invested in himself and then invested in everyone around him also. He talks about the thing with Charles Schwab, investing in himself. Therefore, he could invest in everyone else. So it's hugely important. Um, you have to grow yourself first. And in relationships also, you shouldn't be in relationships that you think the other person, you need that person to grow. If you can't grow on your own, you're never going to grow with the person. What it's really about is, if you want me to say it, it's about your own light 
and that other person, you know how to shine your own light and the other person in your relationship, whether it's a business partner and especially your significant other, they make your light brighter by just being near you in the presence and you keep pushing your light to be brighter. You don't give up because you met this person, but you do the same for them. And I think that that's a huge part of the world. And I think as me, as Justin, in my personal relationships, my business relationships, my family businesses, and now that I'm like on the road alone, it matters, guys. Like when you make those mistakes as an entrepreneur or you don't read things right or you have the wrong energies from day one or you can't communicate with a business partner or a partner, that stuff carries a long way. you got to figure that stuff out from day one so you have the tools later on if it really means that much to you. If it's something you have an impasse, you're never going to be able to pass it usually. That's been my experience, even in my business relationships. Like 15 years later, business partner, this one thing we can't get over, our argument from like 12 years ago is still a thorn in his side, you know, by the end, you know, by the time we sold the business off, you know, back in the day. So it's just, you never know, you know, you never know. It's just deal with things when they come up, stay positive. And if you create cool environments like Josh had, you, life becomes a lot easier. So cool. Thanks, Josh. I really appreciate your time. I'm glad we got to talk again. Uh, we'll definitely have to do another one here in the near future. So thanks again. Yeah, absolutely.